And here we go. There's a man open left side. Caught. Touchdown. Yes. It's Touchdown at 10 with Russell and Medhurst. All right, so much happening with the Commanders. Hey, here's the good thing. There's relevant football for the Commanders with two games to go. That's the important thing. But the question is, how do they stay relevant through these two weeks? How do they get the two victories that they need? With, you know, uh, again, that merry-go-round right now at the quarterback position. Even if you go back to Wentz. How much leash does he have before you'd go back to Heineke or vice versa, depending on how Ron plays it this coming week? Because that's now that's now a thing. That's now a thing, okay? Whether you like it or not, it's a thing. They've made it a thing. So that's something, that's something that you think we're wrestling with it and talking about it on the air with all of you. Uh, imagine the wrestling match in the mind of Ron Rivera, Scott Turner, Ken Zampezi, that's going on right now as it pertains to getting some play out of that quarterback position. Do you really think it's that hard of a decision for them? To make an initial change, no. But what if what if you have two quarters of disastrous football and it's like, you know, 6-3 Cleveland going into the third quarter this week? I mean. Well, who's your starter in that scenario? I mean, I, 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 it doesn't matter what scenario. Okay. Either a, a but, but you, something but, like but that. But in order would, to make would, the decision, you like the decision that you have to make now mm-hmm. is different than the decision you have to make then, right? Meaning, if you're down, let's just call it ten three at the half this Sunday, and let's say Wentz was your chosen starter, which is what I believe will be the scenario. At that point. Do you, if Wentz has a turnover that's largely credited to being his fault, meaning, you know, bad interception, whatever. A couple of sacks because he's holding on to the ball. Yeah, well, yeah, or, or how about the turnover and the sacks? Mm-hmm. Okay, so say three sacks, a turnover, maybe a missed op. Like you're down 10-3, people are like, like you've said, you get booed, not say, say Wentz plays the first half and you get booed off the field going to the tunnel at halftime. Do you go back to Taylor Heineke at that point? I do not think they would go back to Heineke at that point just yet. Because if we're going to put Wentz in there, again, which is I what I believe will be the case. I don't know what I believe. If they're going to put Wentz in there, how do you pull Wentz after just a half of football when you gave him two drives, one of which was basically a, you know, kind of a playing out the string type drive, and then the long touchdown drive that he led you on? How do you bench him again? Or not again. How do you bench him after one bad half when he hasn't played since – I mean, outside of again, one full series. Dude, your season's which you on the line. You I know. can't afford. You cannot afford any slip-ups. You have to win. I, I, you have to win you. no matter what. You have okay. to win at all costs. Even all right, if it's eleven ten on a safety. I got with you. a punt snap over the Cleveland punter's head. But if you're down ten three and he hasn't played great in the first half, what makes you think that he can't find it in the second half? 
Like, what makes you think, hey, I chose Carson Wentz because Scott be Turner, star- Scott Turner tells Ron in his ear from upstairs, look, Ron, he's missed. We can see it up here. He's missed three wide open guys because he's gun shy. He won't throw the ball and he's getting sacked by holding on to the ball or he throws a ball late. Because Scott and Z- Scott and Zampezi are in communication on that stuff. Scott sees all that stuff from up top. No doubt, no doubt. I, and I think we can see it a lot of times, right? But what happens if that's Heineke? What happens if you go back? See, here's the thing. I think if you start Heineke, I think the sh- the leash is very, very, very short. Kind of to what you're talking about. Look, he's missing things. He turning the ball over, which we know has been a problem of late. Uh, you, you know, whether it's interception, fumble, sack, fumble, what have you. If you go to Heineke, the leash has to be extra short. You've already benched him once. Why? Because of turnovers. You made it clear. Turnovers, we, we just can't have them. We don't have that margin for error. You made that clear after the Giants game. You made that clear. You started him. He played well. Didn't turn the ball over until late in the third, early in the fourth. And then on two consecutive drives, he turned the ball over. Okay, whether it's his fault or not. And, again, Jay Gruden yesterday said neither one was his fault. I mean, whatever. Okay. Said he'd stay with four. Right. Said he would He would probably go back. But he understood going with Wentz. But I guess I, I guess my point is if you decide, you know what, Heineke just had a couple of bad moments on Saturday, all things considered against a really good defense. He played pretty well. I'm going to give him one last chance, one last chance to show that he's the starter, okay, which is what he believes he is, which is what apparently a bunch of people in the locker room have talked themselves into believing, which is what Dr. Sabah and other people in the Heineke Hive believe he is, okay? But, Pete, if you go back to Heineke, to me, again, the leash is shorter than if you choose Wentz. And whether that's fair or not, that's ju- to me, that's common sense and that's reality. I, I, I mean, again, Wentz, f- don't forget about this. Wentz was not benched. He might have been benched eventually. I do believe he would have been benched eventually. But he was not benched. He was not able to play because of a broken finger and surgery. He was not benched. He is your number one guy, the guy you paid a lot of money to, surrendered assets for, blah, blah, blah. You feel he's gotten better by being around the team, by looking at the offense in a different perspective, not having the pressure of play. You've got to give Wentz, I believe, more of a rope, more of a leash then you do A, Heineke, and B, quite honestly, a bad first half. Even if you're down 10-3, 13-3, you're getting booed off the field. He's getting lit up like a, a Christmas tree by um, uh, 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 by um, um, Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett and, and others. Uh, e- even if he looks really bad, and it looks really bad, to me, again, I think Wentz gets more, more of a rope than Heineke does. I don't think that's unfair. Now, I know Sabah will hate that and think that's completely unfair and unwarranted and untry. What that, to me, that's common sense. I, I don't know either scenario. I mean, look, where the one thing you can't 
judge is where Wentz would be mentally if they were booed off the field after a half a play with him. If he's that fra- if he's that fragile, then you know what? I mean, Chris, have you seen? I know, I know. Have you, have you seen the guy? I know. You know, through the last two seasons, uh, okay, may, maybe more than that. But I mean, if he's still that fragile, I, I you know, I, I I wonder. Okay. I mean, with the, again, as I said, with the weapons on this team, yeah, I, I don't I know how, and, and I understand the offensive line. The offensive line is less than perfect. There's no question about that right now in their execution. Those guys know it. They know it. Okay? But with the weapons that they have, there just has to be more production. There just has to be. I'm with you. It's too good. The skill people are too good. I mean, if you can't perform with these weapons, then you can't play the position. I mean, it's a real... Sometimes this game is real simple. Sometimes we complicate it. Sometimes coaches complicate it. Sometimes players complicate it. But with the skilled people that they have, that person at that position should be able to flourish, not just survive, flourish in that position. All right. What happens if you're moving the football? What happens if you're if Carson Wentz looks pretty accurate? Uh, you've got the short, intermediate, and downfield game working effectively at times, like it was Saturday in San Francisco for Taylor Heineke, yet it only And, and equals, it did for Wentz when he came in. Right, but yet it only equals, let's just say, seven points, and you're down 14-7 at the half. And he's playing reasonably well, reasonably well, but they're not scoring enough points. And then, yeah, but I mean, if he's playing, I mean, Chris, there's a, I mean, look, let, let, let's again, let's not overcomplicate this. Mm-hmm. If he looks like he's playing reasonably well, then yes, you stick with him in the game. Even but if they're, even if they're not scoring points, if, if he looks like a, he's a playing reasonably well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons why, sure. um, you know, a guy could come on a blitz free. Nobody picks him up. Quarterback has no chance. Doesn't matter whether you're Fran Tarkenton, Carson Wentz, Tyler Heineke, Joe Montana, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, there are reasons why drives break down. As long as he is not the reason, as long as Wentz and or Heineke are not the main reason why things break down, where they're holding on to the ball or they're afraid to throw it to a guy who looks like he's open because in the case of Heineke, he can't see. In the case of Wentz, you know, maybe throwing it late because he hasn't played a lot and timing, rhythm might be off. You know, as long as they look like they're doing things competently, yes, you keep them in the game. But you know, Chris, you know what's good and you know what's bad. And you're at a situation in your season where bad can only have a certain amount of snaps before you have to try and do something else. Well, all right. So, so I, I, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But let me bounce this off of you. What we saw on Saturday for, again, almost three full quarters was good, despite somewhat a limited amount of points. At, at, at different times. Now, they did have 14 with Taylor Heineke, okay, in terms of the two touchdowns. But then it quickly unravels. Could have had another one if Dotson catches the first one. I know. So what I'm saying is I thought actually, and people might disagree with this, Saturday for the first three quarters of the game, nearly the first three quarters of the game, was Taylor Heineke's best performance of the year. <laughs> That's the strange thing about this, Chris. Right. You're, you're 21-14 on the road against a team that people feel is on equal now with Philadelphia in the East or very close to it because Purdy hasn't missed a beat at quarterback for them. Their defense is extraordinary. 
and you're 21-14 third quarter right. on the road with that team. Right. So and and then disaster happens on two consecutive and, and maybe, series, right? Now look, Taylor did offer up in the postgame presser that he was banged up a little bit. So, you know, maybe shoulder, maybe ribs, maybe something got banged up a little bit there that, you know, that leads to something. Maybe he mentions something to the trainer and the trainer mentions something to Ron. Maybe that also contributed to it. Um, I, I don't know. But, yes, for the team they were playing and how he played – that was good football from Heineke. Even though the throw to Dotson could have been better, Dotson still has to catch the ball. It's right in his hands. Right. Right in his hands. He runs for a touchdown when it's over with. Well, nobody's expecting perfection, especially out of Heineke, but it, really any quarterback. But, I mean, if you're sitting there 21-14 third yeah. quarter on the road with them and basically Ron, you know, hands them, you know, a scoring opportunity yes. going for it in his own territory yes. there. I mean, your coach – your coach – hung your defense out to dry. Well, if you think about it, and it, if, you know, if you think about it, not only did that cost them seven because they go two plays later and turn it right around and 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 really add the dagger shot, but if you think about it, uh, again, they had first and goal from the five-yard line in the first half, didn't let Heineke pass, and he had been on a heater on that particular drive. He was, I mean, throwing darts all over the place on third long and what have you. Any kind of play action or boot or something right. like that probably results in an opportunity. And and to, they to get something into the end zone. And they didn't let him have. So think about how different the decision would be, even if there was two turnovers. Two major scoring opportunities that you got zero points exactly. on in the so, first half. So I would say this. Okay, I do believe it'll be Wentz. I'm not suggesting that Wentz is going to be great, perfect, or what have you. I believe that's going to be the decision. But if you really look at it, right, Again, I understand why Ron pulled the trigger. I do. But if you look at it, and and if we're being honest, again, I would have, there were plenty of other games, including the Giants game last Sunday night, including at times the Giants game at MetLife Stadium, including at times the Atlanta game, including at times the Indianapolis game, the Green all of that, where you could have, if you had Wentz ready and you didn't, pulled Taylor Heineke. Saturday, he plays again what I would argue is his best game of the year, despite what happened on the final two drives, and that's why I think he was so frustrated is because he's like, well, wait a second. I'm cooking here. And now, and now... I'm cooking better than Russ. Yeah. And and now you're going to bench me? Now you're going to pull the you know the leash, uh, the, the rope out, or, or, or the, the rug under, underneath me? What, what are we doing here? Right, so you, you know what? This... By the way, you know where that you know what bothers me the most about that. It might cost you your backup quarterback for years to come because he senses in, in terms of Heineke. Yeah, he senses. Hey, man, I, I I thought I was actually playing well, and you yank me out of the game. So there's not necessarily any loyalty to me. So maybe at the end of the season, if somebody comes along and offers him a a solid contract. You know, maybe he doesn't give Washington yeah. a chance to match. Maybe he, maybe he does move I, I, on. I think Heineke's frustration with this staff's lack of faith in him it has absolutely been growing and growing and growing and growing. I, I mean, he'll never admit that publicly, but 
he'll he'll turn it. You know, of course I want to play, but I'll be the best. You know, in privately, and I think within his camp. Remember who his agent is, Lee Steinberg. Uh, you know, they look at what Spot Track has put out mm-hmm. a three year, nineteen million dollar average projected contract based on all of their analytics. They're not just you know. They're not just throwing pasta at the wall. But you don't think a place stick. you don't think a place like Atlanta, uh, Houston. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there are teams that are desperate enough. I don't think he'll get three years, nineteen million. But I, I think there are teams that are de- and organizations that are desperate enough for a short term stabilizing fix, which Taylor Heineke can be looked at as okay. If we then go out and draft. You know, our, our potential future quarterback in the second or third round, give him a chance to develop, give him a chance to learn the system, what have you. We have an above average starter who has potential. Arizona. To be, yeah, to be perfect, right? Uh, although they say Kyler Murray's going to be ready, I guess, uh, at the start of the year, whatever. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, Kingsbury's going to either get fired or resign. Uh, I mean, that's a disaster out there. I mean, he's Arizona. extended through 27. I know, but I I mean, you, did you read the ESPN story? I, I was did. reading it. I did. I mean, and I mean, remember, lot, and hey, him hey, and Kyler Murray are not on the same page. Look, I mean, the GM Denver, is de facto. Denver and Jacksonville pulled the plug on coaches yes. after one Less than, less one, than year. one season. Less than one year. I mean, we less haven't even gotten we haven't even gotten into that yet this yet today about Nathaniel Hackjob. Okay. But the bottom line is is Again, um, and, and I know maybe this is a matter of semantics. I think you have to give Carson Wentz, if you give, go go to him, the opportunity to have a longer leash, meaning if he stinks in the first half, I would be surprised if they bench him in to start the second half. But if Heineke, if they go back to him saying, okay, maybe we told, maybe we sent notice, the only way we can we preached it we taught we taught it we mentioned it we we you know he knew ba 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 he cannot turn the ball over we we did every let's give him one last shot again i can easily see easily see you give him that one last shot and if he struggles in the first half which he has consistently this year if he struggles in the first half outside of against san francisco and again, many on on Twitter on Saturday were arguing with me that I was an idiot because they had at that point no points, and even ultimately only finished up with seven points in the first half. When I kept saying Heineke's playing his best game of the year, if you go back to Heineke as the starter and say, "Okay, again, one last chance here." Again, I don't even know if it would take until halftime for them to run out of patience, because to your point. A, your season's on the line. B, I think Heineke's clearly not the guy that they are as enamored with. And they would only be going back to Heineke out of some sense of, well, he was playing well enough on Saturday, and he has led us to a bunch of wins Despite the reasoning and despite the overall play and performance, there's something there where this offense or this team when Ron looks at him a little and says, bit better. Shane Falco, go save us. Go save me. Go yeah. save me, Shane Falco. 
go get it done. I mean, you know, I, I, I that's that's just the way I see it. I mean, I, I could be totally, you know, I don't know if we're going to get a decision from Ron today. He meets with the media at, I, I think, 1.30. Um, hopefully they won't leak it to Ian Rappaport before. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we will just well, get who's it to from say, Ron. Who's to say that he doesn't tell the players and say, like, somebody at Steinberg's agency doesn't leak it to well, yeah, Schefter yeah, no, or Rappaport no, no, or somebody I, I like that? Because, I mean, I there's, a, there's a, lot of plays, a lot of places you can get a leak. Sure. So sure. sure, I'm. I'm. Just, I mean, when I say that, I, I don't. I don't know that they are specifically the leak, but that's generally how it works. Okay, or mostly how it works, and it seems like Rappaport is their kind of chosen, or at least he's the mouthpiece, or at least who's who's talking. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. We want you to talk next on Touchdown at ten, right here on the Team Nine Eighty, is streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. This is the music that you would play with a picture of Carson Wentz in slow motion throwing a pass and Taylor Heineke throwing a pass, celebrating with his teammates. And Pat Summerall would say, Browns, Commanders, next. Oh, Pat, we miss you. We miss you, especially at this time of the year. You and the big fella would be so in the midst of all these great matchups at the end of the season with the playoffs coming. In some ways, you know, our broadcast teams are nowhere near the same as it was back in the day. But for Washington this week, Cleveland is the opponent. You know the storylines now. Hopefully, Ron gives us a little clarity publicly, not that he's obligated to do so uh, at any point. I'm sure he's shared it right now with the players already so they know how to prepare uh, getting ready this week. Let's let you chime in as we're halfway home on a Tuesday morning, 301-230-0980. We start things off in beautiful Brunswick with our man Roy. What's up, Roy? Hey, gents. Good morning. Awesome show as always. Hello, Roy. Thank you, pal. Um, I mean, you know, I said I've been wanting wins for a long time, but I definitely agree with with you, Chris. Um, and Sheehan said the same thing on this podcast. And my buddies were texting me because they know that I've been wanting wins in forever. And they're like, man, your boy's killing it, uh, you know, with, with scoring points. And I'm like, oddly enough, this is the best football he's played. Like he, he threw on the move. He converted some really long um, third downs and obvious passing situations to where, like, if he played like that against the Giants twice or, you know, Minnesota, we'd probably win those games. Um, but Wentz came in and threw that that first ball that he throws to touchdown to Samuel. I mean, that's what everyone's salivating over. I mean, that's the goal is, is to be able to get the ball out and, and to put it on people. And um, what you said is really important, and it's what I said, is that he got hurt. He wasn't benched. 
Um, so it's not like the Alex Smith, like Kaepernick situation where another quarterback came up and lit it on fire and he didn't get to get back on the field. Um, he, he got hurt and the guy behind him hasn't been utilizing these weapons. And that wasn't garbage time. I mean, that's a two score game where if they score that two point conversion, it's a one score game and they're in it. So it's not like that's against like prevent defense and garbage time. So, um, and, and now Rivera can't posture anymore, just like he can't with chase young saying, well, I don't know. The thumb looks good. We'll see it. Like he's seen him in a game as long as there wasn't a setback, but you know, there's no reason that, that you wouldn't go with him and you can't bench him after um, the first half because you know, you gotta, you gotta play a whole a whole game with him. And I think the play action, like what he hasn't had is a good running game, like with Robinson and you get in second and four, second and five and Turner can dial up anything that he wants. And it's a great time to have chase young back because with uh, Watson to have sweating young back, as long as young didn't get set back, I was really impressed with him setting the edge, doing his job, getting his hands, you know, up and throwing lanes and things like that. I mean, it's a perfect time for him to come back to help, contain Watson, but I think you're going to see Logan Thomas benefit a lot from, um, from uh, having a taller receiver, especially in the red zone and Heineke's backpedaling a lot. All it's going to take is one like second and four play action pass over the top to back up the defense a little bit. And then all of that screen pass stuff, slant stuff that everyone's just kind of crowding us on because they don't trust um, Heineke's arm, all that underneath stuff to our yak guy should be wide open. And that's what I've been screaming for a long time. So just wanted to see what you guys thought of that. Look, I mean, I, 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 you could even see last week, and, and again, as I told Chris yesterday, if there was one thing that came out of Wentz's performance this past week was the stuff that really eluded him from a consistency standpoint early in the season, Chris, was his ability to hit some of the shorter stuff. Find Logan Thomas uh, a couple of times uh, in the short bursts that he got to play this past week. If he can remain as accurate on that stuff as he was against San Francisco this past week, then I think you're going to be okay going forward. We know he can throw the deep stuff. We, we right. know that. It's can he execute that intermediate stuff and the stuff that keeps the chains moving uh, on the course of a drive. Because after, even in the second half of that Jacksonville game, it really became feast or famine. He hit the big play to McLaurin. But some of the other stuff he he couldn't hit, and that's what allowed Jacksonville the possessions to get back in the game. Uh, quite frankly, yes, so, because he turned the ball over yeah. on a couple on a couple of short passes, no doubt about it. Well, and, and even in Detroit, right? If you think about it, um, you know the 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 one interception to Logan Thomas when they were starting to finally come alive in the second half after a dreadful first half. They threw the touchdown to Curtis Samuel on a wheel route out of the backfield, which, by the way, they should do more of, and they don't. Um, but then there was a crossing route for Logan Thomas across the middle of the field on their next drive. Again, they're starting to warm up. They're starting to cook. They're starting to get back in the game. And Wentz throws it behind him, and yep. it goes off of Logan Thomas's shoulder-slash-back area. And then we know the Philadelphia game was a disaster. Now, some of that, again, obviously, is predicated or is – uh, a result of the offensive line being in complete flux. And, and, and Chris, maybe, maybe that's the underlying story that we're not talking about enough. Is the execution of the offensive line right now? What combination? What combination can get it done uh, on the offensive line? Well, it's not like you have many choices. But uh, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, I mean, could you can you go Lucas and Cosme at tackling guard on the right side? 
you know, I, I think that's what we'll see probably this Sunday. The problem is, is how do you, how do you count on? I mean, Lucas hasn't been great. He's been okay. How do you depend on? I mean, all the, I mean, Cosme. I guess I'm just down on him because he's never healthy. He's always hurt. I, he needs to stay on the field. I, I, like that may not be his fault, but I, like, how do you plan anything with Cosme? How do you count on Cosme when he's saying? Proven- I mean, I mean, again, you've had you know a gazillion guys play right. center this year. At least Norwell and Leno have stayed together on yes. the left side. Yes, uh, and but, they've struggled at times too. I mean, especially but, but, but again, Leno of late. Every offensive happen. lineman is going to struggle right. against elite players right. like Bosa, right. like Thibodeau, and like Ojolari, like Garrett the is- Eagles, <laughs> Miles Garrett this yeah. week. I mean, I think you got to do whatever you got to do. Wherever Miles Garrett lines up, Wentz and or Heineke has to check the protection to maximize against him. You cannot let Miles Garrett single-handedly disrupt your offense this week. I agree. Can't would happen. You, would, would you say that the best offensive line that they probably can put forward in terms of talent and ability and whatever, if everything is right medically, is Leno, Norwell, Schweitzer, um, Cosme, Lucas, left to right. If the offensive line coach and or Ron can confirm to me that Cosme can do the same things at guard that Turner can, yes. Cosme, bigger guy in in the run game. Look, I got to run the football. There's no question Sam Cosme can be a road grader at the guard spot. But it's not like Trey Turner has been great. It's not like you're saying, oh. Yeah, but Trey's played, but there are certain things you do at guard. Yeah. That are different from what you do at tackle, okay? Oh, no doubt. No so doubt. again, can Cosme limited time can, that we've seen look, him? Look, the has problem, been fine. Chris, as you know, as you know, all it takes is for a guy to go the wrong way, block the wrong guy, step the sure. wrong way, and it opens up a lane for a pass rusher, a blitzer, somebody to kill your quarterback, and it could be a game-changing play. They would have to assure me that he can competently and confidently. Do the things at guard that Turner can at least do because protection has to be at a premium now over these next two games. You can't afford to give away any strip sack touchdowns or strip sack field position to the other team. That They just can't happen. You have no margin for error anymore. So if I got to go line up with a bullhorn and tell them, we're going to run the ball. I would like to go behind Cosme because I think Sam is a great I think Sam can right. be a road grader at guard. And just and let's run it, the football. Just for whatever it's worth, overall Cosme has a 77.1 out of 100 on PFF this year. 71-3 pass blocking, 78-0 on run blocking. Right. Remember when he was struggling in pass protection earlier this year mm-hmm. when Wentz was around and they didn't have the running game and blah 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 and you know turnstile at center he was like before he got hurt the first time, which again he's hurt constantly. He was their number one graded offensive line and their number one graded offensive player. Period. You know, he's only played forty four snaps at right guard. At right guard, okay. Um, and that was, uh, and that was the the um, um, that was the uh, which, which Giants game was that? That was, uh, I think that was the the first game at MetLife Stadium. He played 
he played 30, let me see here, 30, 34 snaps at right guard in, in that particular game. So I guess he played 10 other uh, snaps at right guard at some other point, um, at least according to PFF's charting. Uh, I'm trying to, like, you know, sort it all out. But, like, Pete, he's I, – again, I, I, I don't think Cosme – I don't think you're losing anything in terms of talent, ability, what have you, if he's playing. And I think only, that's his future home. Yeah, but the only thing is he cannot stay on the field. Yep. So even if you think, okay, our offensive line is better with Cosme at guard than he would be at tackle with Trey Turner at guard, okay. Like, we, we all understand this is not the offensive line you would normally choose. But it is potentially the best available thing that you can put out there. And remember, when Wentz was... Especially if you're sincere about running the football. Yes. When Wentz was around, not only did they not have Brian Robinson up until the Tennessee game and the Chicago game, and again, clearly Brian Robinson was not right yet during those two games in which Wentz played. But he did not have those guys... He did, or, or he did not have what Brian Robinson, we think, is and what he's turned out to be and the kind of impact player that he's been. But also he had Cosme at right tackle, who's a turnstile pass protection-wise. He had uh, Schweitzer. He had Nick Martin. He had Rulier for one week. He had just a complete mishmash at center. And Norwell was terrible early in the year. I think Norwell's gotten a little bit better. He was terrible early in the year. So, again, I think if you put forward this offensive line that I just mentioned, Leno, Norwell, Schweitzer, uh, Cosme, and then Lucas, while it's not ideal, while it's not what you would want, while it's like nobody would consider it like the Eagles' offensive line or the 49ers' offensive line or the Packers' offensive line when that's right, Nobody would consider it that. It just might give you the best possible chance to do what you need to do. And to Roy's point, run the ball, play action, yeah. making it easier. And think about this, Chris. All the things that he didn't have. Hey, if you run the ball effectively, that's less pass rush chances that Miles Garrett gets this week, and it's less no pass rush chances that Micah Parsons gets the following week. No doubt. No so, doubt. Real uh, by the way, uh, uh, just – clearing something up on 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 Cosme. Uh so it, it was it was uh he played 10 snaps at right guard once uh once Turner got banged up on Saturday. That's the difference. He's played 44 overall, 34 in that Giants game, the first Giants game before the bye. Then he got hurt of course, go figure. And then 10 on Saturday. So again, I Pete, he's got like Trey Turner's not good enough at this point. Uh he's been banged up all year. He's just not good enough. I mean, he's tried hard. I mean, it's just, uh, no, you know, when your body, it, I, when your body's yeah. not allowing you to right. give the same effort all the time, you know, that that things happen. It's what I, happens I'm in the trenches. Killing, right. I'm not killing him. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, we got to make tough decisions around here. And he hasn't been good enough, whether it's because of his body or because of his age or whatever it might be. I mean, did you realize real quickly, uh, and then we'll get to the trending, Trey Turner, his grades from pff on saturday again just just pff right overall a 30.3 out of 100 mm. 
Run blocking, 32.4. Pass blocking was better, 58.0. He had uh, 32 pass snaps. He allowed one hit, two hurries, and a total of three quarterback pressures. He had one penalty, uh, and again, that was his his best component. Uh, they don't break down individual run blocking statistics because, well, how could you? But they graded him a 32.4 out of 100 in run blocking. So, that I mean, whether it's because of his body or, or whatever the, the case might be, Cosme is clearly going to give them a better chance. I'd be surprised if that's not your offensive line. And I'd be surprised if, again, they, they try and not run the ball all the time. But if they don't try and establish the run, slow down, like you said, Miles Garrett. Remember, Cleveland secondary is... You know, if they have a strength on defense, that's kind of their strength. They're about 20, I think it was about 20 yards below the league average in terms of passing yards allowed per game. So guys like Denzel Ward and what have you, they're not going to be easy for Wentz or Heineke, whoever the quarterback is, and again, I think it'll be Wentz, to just pick apart and and, and to blowtorch. So they're going to have to set up the run to open up play action, to slow down the game, to open up things in and windows in the passing game, try and get the Browns to commit an extra safety, all of that stuff. uh, The uh, commanders, by the way, did add a linebacker yesterday to John Harris, added to the practice squad as they uh, he's yeah he's been back and forth yeah they search for answers man somebody that can run with tight ends and you're going to face another one coming up this week a good one in David Njoku who when healthy he's been another guy that's been in and out of the lineup a lot especially mm-hmm. if you're a fantasy player and he's been on your team but when he's on the field David Njoku is a pretty good player and Washington's going to have their hands full with him this week Russell's got his hands full of what's trending All right, indeed, we await the decision from Ron Rivera. Will it be Carson Wentz? Taylor Heineke promised a decision early in the week, expected to address his team at 1 o'clock, the media right around 1.30 or so, so we might be able to find out an answer today. If not, we'll have to wait until tomorrow. Either way, the Commanders against the Cleveland Browns win the next two, and you are in, and they're both at FedEx Field, first against Deshaun and the Browns, who are not playing for anything, and then against the Dallas Cowboys, who may or may not be playing for something a week and a half from right now. Again, stay with us all day. We will have continuing coverage and, of course, the latest breaking news on the decision if there is one publicly released by Ron Rivera as the the, uh, commanders get set for their final two games of the season. Uh, Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals back on the ice tonight in Gotham. Madison Square Garden tonight, 7 o'clock face-off, 6.45. The pregame coverage, you can hear it on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app with John Walton, Ken Sabrin, Ben Arabia. Of course, Ovechkin making history here. The firsthand account of uh, the night at Capital One Arena to open up the show either on the podcast at Russell and Medhurst at the team980.com or on the Odyssey Rewind. We started the show uh, with that. Wizards back in action as well tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Hear it here, 645, the pregame on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. And one final NFL note that we forgot to mention, to a tongue of Ioloa in concussion protocol after experiencing symptoms on Monday following a disappointing performance on Sunday, Christmas Day, late against the Green Bay Packers. And that's what's trending.
couple of interesting notes. Maryland's big tight end transferring to Alabama. And J.J. Watt apparently calling it quits. Mm -hmm. Had his game the other night, said his kid's first ever NFL game, my last ever NFL home game. Mm -hmm. And they did catch a glimpse of him turning around and looking back at the field before he went up the tunnel. Now it all seems to make sense. Clearly battled injuries the last couple of years, no doubt about it. It's been part of his, um, you know, unfortunately, as every NFL player does, you got to battle that stuff. But um, if that's his last ever NFL home game, I mean, losing a good player and J.J. Watt out there in Arizona. So that guy's been a warrior. Uh, like you said, a ton of injuries going all the way back to what ended his tenure in Houston, quite honestly, uh, where he just couldn't stay on the field, right? Uh, after being so dominant so long. I mean, right? He's, I mean, JJ Watt's going to be a Hall of Famer, right? No questions asked, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, let me, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it with the way the voting is these days, yes. Because he definitely checks a lot of the the popularity boxes, and he had periods of dominance, Pete. Right? Yeah, Where I mean, he was the best right. defensive player and arguably the best player in the NFL for a couple of years. I mean, his I mean, he started had, his career in Houston. Right? He's had from, two, two twenty and a half sack seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um. 10 and a half, 17 and a half, 16. So, yeah, I mean, the numbers are going to – he's got 111 and a half career sacks. Right. Uh, I mean, to me, so. slam dunk Hall of Famer. Yeah, I to mean, me. he checks all the boxes. Um, one other thing that we haven't brought up yet. Did you see this, uh, this lawsuit petition uh, thingy? Um, the Hogs? From the Hogs? Yeah. Like, honestly, I didn't see it until late last night, and my eyes were kind of bugging out. I was just exhausted, and I thought it was a joke at first, but apparently it's real. And our guy, Doc Walker, is coming up in an hour, is a part of that, that lawsuit against the commanders and Dan Snyder. I mean, it's weird, because they're bringing back the Hoggettes, this Sunday, I mean, I, you know, I've known that for a, a number of weeks. Somebody had told me that, um, but I couldn't, you know, couldn't mention it. But now it's out there publicly. Fine, yeah. whatever. Uh, they're bringing them back the Huggets. You know, they're at halftime, I believe it is, going to announce whether the team mascot is the Hogs or the Dogs, I think it is. Um that mean I can dress up as a dog on the field and walk around and maybe, high five kids and maybe, fans maybe. on the weekends. But but I would also say I would also say this right. Um, Two people from the Washington Commanders checked out my LinkedIn profile. Maybe they're maybe they oh. want me to audition for that costume. Oh, nice. another good job. Nice. Um, we, well, I was going to say maybe maybe they are seriously considering adding you to, uh, you know, to uh, Gribbs' staff. <laughs> I mean, what what do you think? Maybe I need um, to start putting my scouting breakdowns on LinkedIn. Right. So, so all right. for those that for those that aren't uh, aren't quite familiar with what we're talking about yet, if you haven't seen it, uh, real quick, just to kind of capsulize for it, 
uh, who? O-Line Entertainment LLC, mm-hmm. a group formed by members of the original Hogs. Right. Joe Jacoby, Mark May, John Riggins, Fred Dean, and Doc Walker. Right. Versus Dan Snyder's Washington Commanders. Yes. Why? The former members of the original Hogs reclaim their rightful ownership of the Hogs and expect to receive a federal trademark in early 2023. The newly created Washington Commanders are a different franchise with a completely different team name that we believe has no legal claim to the original Hogs legacy and brand created 40 years ago. On January 1, the Commanders are going forward with a celebration of the Hogs. The original Hogs have tried to amicably resolve this dispute for many months now, but to no avail with the Commanders before the January 1 event. Without substantial control and compensation, the original Hogs do not want to be associated with the Commanders under its current ownership and management and require that their legacy and brand be protected. In other words, if Dan and the Commanders would have paid them a bunch of money, they probably would have acquiesced. But being that Dan and the commanders are drawing essentially a hard line and saying, "Mm, no, whatever, and we're a different name and this, that, and the other thing, and they feel what everybody feels, which is the team nickname, the team mascot, is going to be unveiled as the Hogs on Sunday. Oh, by the way, J.P. Finley, our colleague at 106.7 The Fan, a guy who you have said numerous times – uh, and and they walk him out and, onto the field at halftime right. of games, and he says he tries to. He, hey, I'm going to tell you something here. Right, and he what's listen he been, to me. What, what's he been doing on Twitter <laughs> and on the radio for the last several weeks? I don't listen too much, so because uh, okay, we're on the well, air at the well, same time. On well, all right, on Twitter he's been doing it constantly. He said, "I'm going to call them the Hogs." Everybody knows that could that, that could not be further away from commanders. Uh, correct, <laughs> but it, but 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 almost everybody feels, even as screwed up as this organization can be on big days, that the team mascot to kind of tie in the tradition of the past is going to be the Hogs. Now, knowing them, they'll probably throw everybody for a, a major curveball and go with the dogs, but because that's what they like to do. Um, and they like to be different, and they like to think that they're cool and all that stuff. And uh, they'll they piss did that, off. The, they could like commanders. You could sell dog tags. Yeah, yeah. But they'll, know, pi- get they'll your piss official off. commanders dog tag with your name on it. Again, they're going to piss off the entire world when they go with dogs instead of hogs. Okay, especially with this lawsuit now filed. Think about this. This is this is a preemptive strike by that group to say we think you're going with hogs. Everyone thinks you're going with hogs. The Hogs' legacy is connected to the Washington Redskins' legacy, not to the Washington Commanders, not to Dan Snyder. It is connected to a different part of the organization, a different legacy that has been left behind. We don't want anything to do with you unless you're willing to pay for, unless you're willing to pay us, basically, to back off. We went out and trademarked. We're supposed to get this trademark, according to the lawyer, early 2023. It, 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 it's amazing. I, I will say this. I don't know enough about the whole case, but it, it is amazing how this organization always gets caught up in something. Whether it's their own fault or not, I, I'm sure they, I, I'm, I'm guessing, the lawyer has called Jason Wright several times, maybe had discussions with, you know, 
I'm sure Jason Wright and and whoever the chief legal counsel is, hey, listen, you know, we're, we got a trademark. We got the trademark registration. If you give us $500,000, uh, our guys will just back off. And they probably said, no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to, you know, that's our intellectual property. We, the, the hogs are us. The hogs are this organization. And that's probably what happened here. Final hour of the show is coming up next. 301-230-0980. You and us till noon right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.